right, it's the weekend. It's time for another episode of English and Coffee. I've got my cup. Hope you got yours. Let's get into it. So for today's episode, I'm going to play an interview that uh, my sister had recorded with me when she was here on her trip from Spain. So I'll be sharing that with you later on. But before I get into that, let me get into how my week went. Okay, so I told you guys last time that I would be going to the dentist. So I went in there, I got a root canal, and it was one of the most intense, intense experiences you will ever have. All day I was saying... You, nobody will ever touch you like your dentist. That's what I was saying. I told the guy he was giving people out-of-body experiences. This is how magical or just intense the, the whole experience was. Okay, so if you've ever had a root canal, that's when they take the enamel off your tooth, drill in there, and then stick like 15 different needles, different millimeter sizes in your, um, inside your tooth canal to kill the root. I mean, the whole time you're just laying there, basically inverted, feet up in the air. I mean, you're just helpless. I mean, you go through like so many different emotions. But the the most interesting part of the whole experience is probably the first 15 minutes. So I go in there. You know, he comes in the room, doesn't say anything. He's got the mask on over his mouth, um, looking like Darth Vader's third cousin or something. He comes in, doesn't say anything. The nurse had already, you know, kind of prepped me or whatever, had me laying in the table. Well, not the table, but the chair, the reclining chair. He comes in, grabs the needle that she had prepared. He starts squeezing it. So I close my eyes because I already know what's coming after that. He sticks the needle in, into my gum. And then he just like holds it for probably what seemed like an eternity. Then he starts putting the medicine in. Squeezes it in there. Then he comes in with another one. Hits me in a different area. But I'm telling you, the third one, I could swear that the needle went all the way through my gum. And then when he squeezed it, I could feel the freaking medicine, like, dropping on my tongue. I mean, this, this shit was, like, intense. Like, next world, leave your body, find your happy place type of uh, sensation. It wasn't really painful. It was just, you know you're stuck. I mean, your whole body tenses up. It's just a completely unreal experience. So, and then after that... He gets another syringe, and he's like, okay, this one's going to sting a bit. I was like, well, what else could he do? He sticks this one directly in the roof of my mouth, like, just boom, you know, gives me the, the, the medicine. I was like, oh, my gosh. Then, you know, after fighting probably 10, 15 minutes, you know, just holding on to whatever kind of strength you have, you know, mental strength, you know, you just kind of relax. And then it starts. And he's just in there. I'm telling you, it's it, I've talked about it all week, so I mean, I'm trying to re recap what what happened, but you didn't even know which tooth he was working on. I mean, that's how it felt. But when I ended up looking at it, somebody had uh, excuse me, somebody had uh, held the uh, the mirror so I could see. The nurse showed me the mirror. Only tooth that he had exposed was the one that he was working on. It's one of my uh, front teeth. But I, it felt like he was working on the back one. It felt like he was working on one on the bottom. Like it was just. The sensation was moving all over my mouth because my whole face was numb, pretty much. Like my whole jaw, mandible part, or whatever you want to call it, it was just pretty much numb. So I couldn't even tell what he was touching, where he was working, what he was drilling, what he was filing. It was just unreal. And knowing me, I went to work right after that. So it was just a crazy, crazy experience. 
I recommend everybody get at least one root canal before you leave this earth because you will never forget it. You will never forget the dentist that did it. Dentists will never forget you. It's just one of those, one of those people bonding, you know, primal events you go through. I mean, I guess second to childbirth, you know, for um, ladies, you know, you just, you never forget these, these moments. Now, this was my second root canal. I would say the other one I had was in, in the back of my mouth. So it wasn't as intense and direct, but this one, I mean, your whole nose, you know, you can't really breathe because they have this dental dam. They put a dental dam on you. I mean, it's just completely unreal. I got to go back this week. Um, what is it? Thursday. Got to go back Thursday to get my post in my tooth. So, I mean, it's just, it's an experience to be had. Um, highly recommended. I don't know why most people say they'd rather get shot than get a root canal. It's not that serious. I'm not saying I, I'm a, would say a fanatic about pain. I guess I have a low pain, to uh, not low pain tolerance, but a low pain threshold or whatever you want to call it. Like, I just don't, I'm not sensitive to pain or what most people would consider pain. I mean, they prescribe me some medications, some antibiotics, some uh, Percocet and stuff for it, but um, there's no pain. So, I mean, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm taking the antibiotics because you got to make sure that you're um, healthy and stuff for when they go to do the post so you don't have any infections. But other than that, there's really no complications. I mean, I was able to go back to work. Mouth was a little numb, but I mean, everything was everything. Other than that, let's see. Um, I think today's interview, uh, well, not interview, but a podcast, like I said, I might have said it already. I don't know. Got the coffee going. It's going to be an interview that I did with my sister. Uh, she was interviewing me about uh, my experience with Russian. I was talking fast, pretty much like I'm talking now. I guess I talk pretty fast. People say I talk fast, but that's what's going to be coming up. So I'm going to go ahead and um, switch over to the interview and let you guys enjoy it. And then I'll get back with you after that. So enjoy. Hi, my name is Kwana and I'm going to ask my brother, Demian, some questions about his affinity for language. You know, what I've noticed is my brother has been able to learn a very difficult language, Russian. And he's taught it all to himself. And to hear him speak it, you would never know that he was self-taught. So I have some questions for you. You mind answering a few questions for me? Sure. No problem. Okay. So the first question for you is, first of all, what brought your interest to Russian? Well, as anything happens for uh, most men, I am a man, as you guys know. Um, I met a woman. It was a Russian woman. Um, and she uh, left an impression. I'm just going to say that. She left an impression on me. And the first thought I said is, I need to learn Russian. So you could say my motivation was through the roof. Literally through the roof. Because the very next day, I started learning the Russian alphabet. Okay. And with that being said, with learning the Russian alphabet, what things did you have to do to learn the alphabet because you learned it pretty quickly from what I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, I went on YouTube and I was looking for Russian alphabet videos and there was a video that was like, learn Russian alphabet in three hours. So I sat there and went through it and basically they just took, I don't know, like it would take an English word like, uh, or a Russian word like chocolate or whatever like that. It would take it and it would just change one letter at a time. Um, it, it's been so long ago, I don't really remember, but they would take, um, Letters and change one at a time so you get the sounds. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but it was so long ago. Uh, but yeah, YouTube was the first place I went. I went to YouTube because I knew they had thousands of videos on language. It's the first place I went. Okay, so even with that, 
like you took it from the Cyrillic language and then it's just like you had a growth, a super growth in your speech. Like what measures did, what videos did you look at? Did you look at videos that you watched other people speaking about how they learned it or you watched on how they spoke it? Well, initially, um, there's an application I downloaded called Hello Talk, and I found out about Hello Talk through a video I watched on YouTube. So within the first week, I was already speaking to people in Russia because that application, Hello Talk, is great for learning language. I mean, I think they have over like 200 languages like Afrikaners, uh, Mandarin, Spanish, uh, Esperanto, any, any, any language you want, French. Um, but I connected with those folks. I was using the little bit of English that, I mean, not a little bit of English, but the little bit of Russian that I got from the videos. I mean, they give you the privet, kaktila, you know, adindva, you know, numbers, basics. You learn all these basics. But once I had privet, I was on the application trying to talk to people. That was all I had. Uh, then they told me, you know, paka and all that different stuff like that. But um, that's what I did, just building layer by layer. But the whole time I was already engaging with other people, native speakers. Um, which I believe is good in the beginning. You need you need that type of uh, support, the type of direction. You need to hear the accent, uh, because as I've developed in the language and gone through, I realized that um, those building blocks and things like this are good in the beginning. But as you get more advanced, you realize that Russian is Russian, English is English, Spanish is Spanish, French is French. They are not French isn't English. English isn't Spanish, Russian isn't English. It's its own language, so you have to respect it for that. But in the beginning, you do need that little parallel uh, to, to get the ball rolling. Was there ever a time where you considered, like, okay, maybe this might be too hard, maybe I should choose another language, or maybe I should pull back? No, because as I said, uh, my motivation was <laughs> through the roof. Um, but there is something in the Russian language called their, their little case system. Uh, you have venita nipadish, verita nipadish, imenita nipadish, data nipadish, verita nipadish. It's just predlojni padish. It's 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 a lot of um, cases. See, in English we don't have cases. Uh, we just I'm going to the store. But in Russian, I mean, you learn one word like uh, chitat, right? Chitat is a verb. Uh, you you got chitayu, chitayish, chitayit, chitayu, chitayiti, chital, chitali, chitala, chitalo. I mean, it's just, that's all one verb. See, English, I read a book. That's it. You know, I'm reading a book, I read a book. Tomorrow, I'll read a book. Our verbs don't change a whole lot, but you have the case system. So, with 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 the cases, if you were to say like kniga, that's a, a noun, you know, it's book means book. So you say kniga, kinigu, you know, yechitayu kinigu, you know, or you say like um, kinigi for plural, you know, kinigum, you know, it's different different cases, you know, when you when you do it, or kinigi for kinigi, you know, or it's it's just it's crazy. But um, yeah, the case system when I when I encountered that in the language, I kind of was like, okay. All right, now we're getting into the weeds, but I wasn't going to stop. I just said what I did is I was because how they do their languages, they use grammar tables and grammar charts. That's not how I learned how to speak English with grammar tables and grammar charts. So the educational system is very, very different from from English, how we do things. So what I did is um, I put that to the side. I said, I'm not going to worry about the charts. I'm going to learn the case system, which is the basis of the grammar by listening to people, by speaking to people. So I made plenty of mistakes. I still make mistakes. Mistakes is the most important part of learning a language. And that's uh, that was probably, I guess, the most challenging with the cases, understanding the cases. Okay, so now that you know how to speak the language, how is your writing? Is that just as hard? 
No, um, my writing is, is, is decent. It's decent. I write all the time. I uh, did a journal for about six months. Every day I would write an entry. I mean, I write songs, um, write stories. I was already writing stories in English, so it was nothing for me to just, you know, use the little bit of language that I know in Russian to start writing stories. But as I've matured in the language, I've picked up a bigger vocabulary. Um, I've been able to write songs, like I said, uh, poems, you know, speeches, I mean, just doing my flair. I've been able to put my personality into the language. What is the thing that you like most about the language? The sound. Um, it's just, it's an eloquent language. Uh, to me, it's beautiful, the sound. Um, of course, when the men speak, it's a little more, you know, rougher, of course, but with the ladies, I mean, it just tickles my ear. So, that, like I said, I mean, the first impression on the language, I wasn't even thinking of learning uh, Russian until I met a Russian lady. And then, I mean, when she started speaking that stuff, I said, yeah, we gotta, we gotta learn this, like, ASAP. Okay, so with the motivation of learning the language from a lady, would you say that Russian could be considered a romantic language, such as... Like, you know, how people say French is? For me, I would say yes, definitely. Um, it's just a beautiful language, I mean. But it, like I said, I mean, that initially took me to the gates. But now that I'm in there, um, there's a lot more history with the language. Uh, the, the language has evolved over the years. I mean, they have like a, before the, um, the union, you know, I mean, it's just, English, I mean, I guess it's evolved some. But, I mean, this language actually has history and it's still evolving so the russian they're using today probably won't be the russian you're going to hear in the next hundred years because it's always evolving they're always adding words always modifying things now are they making these modifications to the language due to what's going on here in america or just the constant changes in life in general i would say just the evolving of the people evolving of the community i mean they have like saint peter saint petersburg that's like an historical you know artsy you know your artists artists your painters and people go there you know moscow is where you make your money you know, your capital your business you're making your moves and then you have you know the country or uh, the areas in the country so it's just different things working but in their society from what i've learned you know just off the people that i've been interacting with is that they're moving forward <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're making some moves. So with that comes the language. And Russia is an international company, uh, or not company, but country. You have a lot of influences. You have people from China over there. You have people from, you know, Iraq over there. You got, you know, French people. I mean, so it's like here how English is the main language. Over there, Russian is the main language. So you could be in Africa, and all you know is Russian, and you'd be good to go. Like, that's the, the, the credit over there. Russian over here is English. So they got the whole side locked down over there. You go to China with Russian, you come over here with the English. So if you know those two languages, you can pretty much go anywhere in the world. Okay, well, let's change up speed a little bit. As far as like with your learning of Russian, when it comes to music, because I know that you have an affinity, you used to write music, as you said before. What do you think of the uh, music scene? Oh, I love it. Uh, I got, you got people like uh, Ferrona, uh, listen to him, uh, Boulevard Depot, Scripting It, Basta. Um, the bars go just as hard as they do in English. Uh, but the difference is the, um, I guess, the content because they express things differently. As you probably know, uh, the, in different languages, you know, how we express things, you'd be like, yo, that song was tight. You know, in another language, they're going to use a whole different expression, nothing even remotely close to what you say. Um, but I would say the artists, the music, there's a lot of, of course, there's a, with hip-hop, mainly I listen to hip-hop, I listen to some shansong, um, but that's a, um, 
more melodic, you know, singing, crooning type stuff. I don't listen to that type of music in America. So since I've started with the language, I don't really listen to any English uh, music at all because it's just I'm immersing myself in as much Russian as possible. But I'd say the music music scene is is on point. It's better than a lot of stuff I hear on American radio. Okay, as far as listening to the rap that's going on, and you said that they rap about different things. Do you think that the rap that you hear in Russia versus the rap that you hear in the States could collaborate? Yeah, there have been some collaborations because, uh, like I said, um, a lot of the every English is one of those universal languages. So a lot of the Russians know English, so you just need to know enough to get on the mic, you know, say a couple words here or there. But I mean, I've, I've got uh, some collaborations where you'll have um, a Russian person speaking and then you'll have an English person speaking in English. I mean, just on the same track. I mean, it's good. Music is, I guess, the best language in the world to learn. I mean, you can pick up a guitar in China and play with a guy in Africa, and it all makes sense. Okay, well, like that's a good point. Music is a universal language. Now let's switch gears again. Now, when it comes to food, you're a very good cook. Have you tried taking on any of the Russian dishes? Yeah, one of my friends, uh, Katya, she um, taught me how to cook borscht. We did um, a little something over uh, WhatsApp. It was interesting. Bought all the ingredients. We did the whole process in Russia, and it came out pretty good. What is the dish called again? Borscht. And what is borscht? It is a um, it's a dish made from, um, I guess, beets. Uh, so the whole dish is red. That's what gives it the red flavor. But you got beets, you got carrots, you got onions in there. And the process and how they cook it um, is what does it. Because you cook the cabbage and stuff over here and the potatoes. And then when you mix it, everything turns red. You put dill in there. It's a good it's a good recipe. Um, a lot of preparation, a lot of cutting. I had, I had a bit of a little mess to clean up, but it was worth it. It was tasty. Okay, great. As far as desserts, what are their desserts like? Do they use a lot of sugars? Well, I don't know about the desserts yet because I've only cooked one Russian dish, but um, I plan on doing a lot more of that since I've cooked that soup. Um, I said, well, it wasn't as tough as I thought it would be, so I will be cooking some things coming up in 2019. All right. Now, if you were to travel to Russia, what would be the first thing you would do when you get there? First thing I did, uh, will do, well, probably even before I went, is get in touch with, um, definitely Katya, uh, probably Valentin, get in contact with him, get in contact with some people that could show me the roads, because I imagine there's certain freedoms we have here in the States that you don't have over there, and I'd want to make sure I had um, the proper insight before just stepping off the plane. Okay, well, how soon do you think you would go? I mean, you've been studying Russian for... I believe almost three years now, maybe even more. Yeah, it's three and some change. Okay, so when do you think you might go? I don't know. Uh, I'd like to go in 2019. I know I need to put some change, you know, to the side to do it. Um, But I just want to make sure when I go, I'm not going for a weekend. I want to go like two-week stretch. I want to have plenty of time to soak it up. I'd like even more time, but, um, yeah, that's you don't travel halfway across the world and come back the next week. Absolutely. Well, with what you've learned, you know, so many other people could learn from what you've, you know, accomplished with the language. So do you think that you yourself could teach someone how to speak Russian? Um, Let's try right now. Let's see. Um, That's my name is Demian. So you would say, Try it. Minyazuvut Kwana. Close. 
Minya zavut. Minya zavut. Minya zavut kuana. Minya zavut kuana. Vot tak. There's your answer. Okay, well, <laughs> on that note, that's great. I've learned how to say my name in Russian. Well, before we end this uh, interview here, do you have anything you would like to say in English and in Russian? So for those who don't understand Russian, will understand what you're saying. I would just like to say that um, learning a language is um, a, a tool. You know, when you learn a language, is a tool that you can use to meet more people, to connect with other people. Uh, I'd like to say that learning a language is probably one of the best things you could do to understand the world around you. Теперь на русском языке я пытаюсь поговорить о чем-то. Просто надо жить в этом языке. Ты хочешь узнать, и все будет хорошо. Пока. Well, there you have it. Thank you so very much for your time and answering my questions. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, kid. Later. Okay, so that was the interview that I recorded with my sister. Uh, she was interviewing me about my experience with the Russian language. Um, there's, I've still got a ways to go. I mean, I've been in it about three years and change, almost four years now. Um, it's a great language to learn. Um, the reason I chose it is because it's one of the most challenging languages in the world to learn. I heard it was one of the, the hardest languages next to Mandarin or something like that. Because um, I figure, I mean, if you can learn Russian, you can do anything. You know, it's just one of those things. So I have my own little markers and stuff in life. Um, so hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you in the next one.